Bodybuilding can be very lonely as you toil away at the gym, make your meals, and rest a lot, all by yourself. So in the endless pursuit of building muscle, it's important to always be looking for inspiration that reminds you of why you fell in love with it in the first place. Let's grow big together. The podcast that invites you to come with me if you want to lift. I'm Fausto Fernos. And I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, adventures in bodybuilding, muscle gods, muscle worship, and practical advice to put on the gains. Today, we find inspiration and recharge our batteries in the never-ending quest to build muscle as we look back at our amazing weekend at the Arnold Sports Festival in Columbus, Ohio. Plus, far out and brilliant fitness products we saw at the Arnold. Who started the butt-grabbing tradition between Chris Bumstead and Ramon Rocha Queiroz? And why setbacks are an inevitable part of the growing process. We are back from the Arnold Expo, now the Arnold's Sports Festival and uh, massage parlor <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio, thousands and thousands and thousands of all those people you follow on Instagram, but you forgot their name. So I'm like, excuse me, young sir. Uh, I, you're so muscular and so good looking. Uh, I know I do, you're famous. What is your name? I do follow you on Instagram. What is your name? <laughs> They're I, like, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger, you idiot. <laughs> I did have that actually happen to me. I ran into, I, I think her name is Cherie. She's a, a black power lifter. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, I follow you on Instagram. Your name is, in the, like, her friends are there. Cherise. And now I'm looking for her today on, on Instagram. And I'm just like, I can't can't find her. <laughs> oh, you can't find Cherise? No, because they always have different names like on the Instagram handle. Yeah, that and happened maybe to me a lot. Maybe it could be Sherelle, and now I just feel like I have a picture out with her, and I want to post it, but I can't tag her. Well, there's just so many more celebrities mm -hmm. today than when we first started going to the Arnold Sports Expo in 2016. Mm -hmm. It's almost, God, almost a decade later. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we first went there, you know, it's, it was still kind of like a mecca for people who are into bodybuilding and muscle. And... I thought I was sort of struck by how not sexual this environment was where you just had all these thousands and thousands of good looking men and women and non-binary people just, you know, strutting their stuff and, the, and, and, and very little LGBT representation too, you know, and in 2016, in 2016, honey, that it, that is not the case anymore. It is, uh, it is hot. It is thick. It is curvy. And it's uh, a full spectrum of goodness. Mm. And uh, I was delighted beyond. You words. felt it was a more welcoming environment? Well, it just, uh, it was more representative of, mm -hmm. of you know, the, the, the concept that everybody is welcome to participate in sports, in bodybuilding, and in cultivating your body and celebrating your body and loving yourself unconditionally. And, and really, that, that space was very intimidating at the same time because, you know, you have some of the most beautiful, most athletic people in the world in one room together and you're just like i'm not worthy to even ask you for an autograph or a photo or a selfie or nothing and you're like i'm so tiny next to you i know and i was just like yet everybody i met you know they were like oh i'm totally familiar with their podcast of course i'd love to come on the show and i'm just like you do you are oh my god <laughs> How, what's your number uh i'll get back to you on that no yeah i, I got a bunch <laughs> of great guests scheduled because of it you know so it was really exciting and of course we got to meet carter kiss 
Kovacevic, mm-hmm. our Canadian bodybuilder and uh, you know warrior against the right wingers and nonsense, nonsensical slayer of the alpha males, slayer of the alpha males on the internet. And you know, I was so struck at how many people adore that guy, and just everybody who came up it's to the him. mustache. It's it, well, it's also he just has this really wholesome, inviting, welcoming, kind presence. And he's a f- formidable bodybuilder and a, a, a poser, you know? So it's like he has these, just this fluidity to his to posing that is just, it's gorgeous. And we and captured some of that on video, which we'll we be filmed posting. it. Yeah, yeah, we did some of the video. And I was just like standing next to Carter, you know? And I was, I, in my mind, I was like, he's six foot two, you know, 400 pounds. And, and no, he's just, you know, he's like my little brother. I was like, I just wanted to hug him and be like, you are so awesome. I just think the world about it. It is really hard to tell, like, how tall somebody is in some of these Instagram posts or what their size mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is like. Because I remember we ran into, who is it? Uh, Ryan, uh, da- what's his Ryan De- uh, Dangler. Dangler. And and you showed me a picture before, and you're like, Foster's always doing this. How tall do you think this person is? Because, you you know, you want to judge how what their size is and stuff like that. And him, I immediately looked at his picture. I was like, I don't know, six foot two. But he's probably like six foot three or something, right? He's tall. So, yeah. so I started following him when he first enrolled in college and posed. And, he, you know, he's a, a high school bodybuilder, weightlifter, and just this really beautiful guy. And he, and he had a photo of himself in his tiny little dorm room. <laughs> And he's like sharing that room with somebody else. Can you imagine if you go to college and he's in your dorm room? You're like, I'm not going to get any work done. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and so I approached, you know, we saw him from behind and I was just like, oh my God, that guy is so mm-hmm. beautiful. And it's like, and he turns around and it's, it's the, that guy that you've been following and admiring for years. And, you know, at the same time, other people did the same thing with us. You know, a lot of the listeners uh, of the podcast or people who follow us on Instagram, they were like, oh, my God, I've followed. I've masturbated your photos for so many years. It's so nice to see you in person. And can we masturbate now? And you're like, (laughs) like, "Uh, we're out here on the floor. It's a public space. Sir, sir, this is a Wendy's. And we ran into people who were on the podcast. Joe, is it Mickelson was Mm -hmm. on the podcast? He was at the Arnold. And we ran into listeners, John, and another one named John. And And Carter was kissing on the podcast yes. too. Yeah, yeah. Carter was there and and so that was a lot of fun just you know having a lot of uh, queer representation I saw quite a few trans and non-binary people um, bodybuilders powerlifters mm-hmm. um, there's a new thing that since 2016 which is uh like gladiators or like medieval warriors. medieval warriors. So they Can had you like, explain that. Like I'm still confused on what well, it is. So medieval times, you know, with the swords and the chains and pikes and My stuff. lady. It's you know, it's larping, right? Stuff. So it's it's role action, you know, play live action, action role play, role playing. And uh, they dress like medieval knights and squires and that kind of stuff, and they go to battle. And there's group battles, there's individual jousting, that kind of stuff. And we were talking to one of the guys, and he had all his like, equipment laid out. And he's just like, I have to air it out. because. And I picked something up, and it was just soaked with sweat. And you licked it. Because <laughs> I did smell it a little <laughs> bit. But it was just like everything gets so sweaty. So it's, yeah. like, it's a real workout. And the, a lot of these guys, they had really great bodies. You know? Yeah, because they're power like, lifters. Because you're, you're fighting. Jousting. You know, you're fighting, so you have to be strong if you're going to push up against somebody. And so uh, that's kind of a new thing. I guess they travel around to different kind of festivals and and compete against each other, uh, different teams. You know what was missing? Hmm. The Maid Marian, you know, like a drag queen being like, oh, thank you, 
you gentlemen. No, no, drag queens might be outlawed in Ohio. Uh, no, no not in Ohio. That's at Nashville okay, in Tennessee. That's, that's yeah, only yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. You, you and I have dressed up in drag in Tennessee. Yes, We're we outlaws. Have. Yes, we have. Along with a governor. Yes. In the past. <laughs> who, you know, who in Tennessee hasn't dressed up in drag? Why in fr- would, why in front you? of the public. I mean, and some of the most famous drag queens in the world are from Tennessee. Know, Lady, Lady Bunny's Bunny, from yeah. Chattanooga. I mean, that might be part of the reason why they want to ban it. They don't want to keep her out of the state. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's not reading school books to children anyway. She can't even read. She holds a book upside down. She's like, this is Jack and Jill went down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> to do what? <laughs> to get water? What? Why? Why are they getting water? I don't understand. No, so you know, it was really fun to to meet all these people. Zach Wine, who people he's kind of does, and this is kind of a new thing. Is a lot of these bodybuilders, I'll do comedy videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're like uh, trying to be funny, like we are, and you know, we're all struggling to be funny and struggling to build muscle. So we're all kind of a shared community. And man, that boy, he was big. Mm, he I was curvy. Him. I just saw him rushing past me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It's, it's, uh, I'm still Zach. not convinced it was him. Yeah, I, I wrote to him and I said, "It was that you." And he was. He's li- I haven't seen. It was him. wearing the same shirt. Oh really? Yeah, of course. I okay. verified it. All right. These hips do not lie, as, as uh, <laughs> Shakira would say. Uh, and, you know, and and uh, Sharice, and just a lot of really amazing people there, and and um, and it was great to to see. Sort of, you know, the direction that all this stuff is going. Of course, there's no booth selling like steroids. <laughs> no, but lots and lots of different kinds of supplements. But lots and lots of far-fetched and some practical supplements, mm-hmm. too. You know, I, I saw that there was a wide variety of like protein powders or protein supplementation. And one of them that I thought was really interesting is a company called Muscle Egg that is selling liquid like a jug of egg whites. Which, you know, <laughs> it's like it's like a jug of sperm, you know, <laughs> and dried egg white protein. Just just all this protein at a very affordable price. Well, because some people don't like eggs are they, expensive They don't today. like whey, so they're looking for different alternatives for that protein, right? They might be whey like, is sometimes hard to digest. Yeah, yeah. For some people and I, I don't they say that some people with lactose intolerant can take it. But other people are saying I could never take that. If they're I'm pretty intolerant. lactose intolerant and I can handle whey and casein. But it's definitely I can feel that it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like. Not like a bowl of chicken mm-hmm. soup. You well, know? We also did kind of like yeah. a little bit of a survey of like a lot of the people that we talked to about different things. What do they like? Like, do they like to do hundred finishers? Or, and one things that we asked was about eggs. Are you an egg person? How many eggs do you eat a day? Do you like eggs? And that some people are just you know they're worried about the cholesterol. Other people don't care about the cholesterol. Some people are worried about the fat. Other people don't care. And other people are just like I eat eggs only because I have to. I really hate eggs. But you know, so what's the what's the bottom line with eggs and bodybuilding? Uh, do eggs if you if you like them. If you don't like them, don't do them. Or, don't sweat or, it. Don't sweat it. But if you can eat them, eat them because they are a good source of protein. I, I like starting the day with eggs because eggs are easier to digest. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's all about like. And what I mean by digest is like, do you eat this? Do it make you gag? Is it is it sitting Some in your stomach? Some people can't They're like they put eggs in their mouth and they just start gagging. And yeah. they can't do it. Whereas me, I grew up on eggs. And I'm kind of like on the fence about it. Mm-hmm. Like if I have eggs with prot- potatoes mm-hmm. or in a taco, I'm loving it. But you know, just a plate of eggs by itself, like Arnold eating it in pumping iron, that's mm. that's that's un- that's not easy to do. But you know, with the price of eggs being what it is today, and in some parts of the North American continent, you know, eggs are like 
six or seven dollars. We were talking to, to to listeners from Arizona, and they were saying a dozen eggs in Arizona was eight dollars. Ridiculous. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I'm like, that's wild. Because I don't think they have a lot of egg production right nearby. Whereas here in the Midwest, here in Chicago, we have access to farms in Illinois and Michigan, Indiana, all that stuff. But, you know, I, I was just so energized and inspired by the experience. And, and with all this kind of conversation about, like, protein and workouts and, and you know, uh, rest and your macros and all stuff and, you know, prehabbing and foam rolling. But very little discussions happening about being inspired and being energized and being, mm. you know, finding yourself wanting to do all this lonely, difficult tedious work it can be tedious at times and so i thought you know we sort of would be fun to sort of talk about things that we have learned about in staying motivated mm -hmm. and in, in, in finding inspiration so you can go you know we've been doing this podcast for now 20 years almost i've been bodybuilding since i was in eighth grade and i've seen a lot of people quit podcasting i've seen a lot of people quit things that relationships and, and pursuits that they initially had their heart set on it and they were in mm -hmm. love with it. And, and somewhere along the way, they were just like, I'm not in it anymore. Mm. You know, it's just like, eh, well, anything, can, anything can get you out of the gym, anything yeah. can happen, you know, any kind of crisis in your life, you maybe you have a work change or you have children, you get mm -hmm. married, anything can happen that'll remove you for the gym. So you have to figure out like, What's going to keep you there? Yeah. If yeah. that's what you want, you know, and it's okay to just walk away from it if that's what you want, if you're on a different path in your life. You can walk away from it so you can find something new to then walk away from later. <laughs> <laughs> Walking is very good for you. Yeah. Walking two things or away from them, both good. That's the most important thing I've learned this past year. And, and that was a thing that I've discovered at the Arnold that a lot of people do mm -hmm. is all the bodybuilders are walking. Mm -hmm. They're not doing, they're, they're doing, th there's something really magical that happens mm -hmm. with walking. A lot of fitness podcasts are about walking. Mm -hmm. We're starting a new one ourselves, mm -hmm. like it, on, on walking. There's something about walk, not power walking, just simple walking, walking like a, like a pilgrim crossing the United States, trying to raise awareness for racial inequality and peace and love and harmony. It's there's something meditative about walking that can really clear your mind and create space for new experiences and new relationships to mm -hmm. happen. And people are supposed to do 10,000 well, steps a day. I'm glad you discovered that this year because it's like it's, walking has been something that's always been very important to me. And that's part of the reason why we got the dog so I could take him for walks at night because it was like it clears your head. You know, it burns calories. It's good for your cardiovascular system and just being outside of your home can have a dramatic improvement on your mental well-being. The average American gets only 3,000 steps a day, mm. but uh, you know, doctors and coaches and everybody agrees on it's about uh, 10,000, if not 15,000 steps mm. a day. Luckily, you, I usually get that. Yeah, you're, I'm amazed that you do it. I don't know what uh, I think. I, my watch is broken. <laughs> well, I walk the dog, but also too, it's like I just I walk places, and I'll just, yeah. you know, it's just it's just better for me than so. Do I wait five minutes for the bus and get there two minutes early, or do I just walk the whole way? Just walk the whole way. When you're wanting to find inspiration, what are some things that you do to to you know get energized and and you know be like ah, this is really getting me up out of bed in the morning and motivated to do it. 
Well, I have to, you have to set goals for the day and kind of look at what you want to do with yourself. You know, get something, line that up and figure it out what it is you're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. And some days, you know, I'm not very motivated to do anything. So I'll just be like, I'll just hang around the house today. Maybe get to the gym later. So, Mark, what are some things that you do to find inspiration? Well, I, I troll Instagram a lot <laughs> and, or, or the Internet or YouTube videos and watch the kind of things I want to learn about what other people are doing so I can incorporate that into my, to my own life. So part of it is just like finding content on the Internet mm-hmm. that sort of um, reminds you of why you fell in love with it mm-hmm. and seeing other people doing it mm-hmm. is really great. And for me, it's like going to the Arnold Sports Expo was really great because there were so many people that I had formed relationships with based on a common interest and, you know, finding that space together. And I said, it doesn't have to be this big, you know, sports festival or an expo. I mean, RuPaul's Drag Con is one. The National Restaurant Association is another one. There's a South by Southwest. For but conferences, you've been for to conferences, that. but you know, and, and in terms of recovery and, and, you know, 12 steps with the artist's way, um, there's, there's the idea of going on a date with yourself or a play date with somebody who shares a common interest as you do. Mm. And I'm not talking about like romance or sex. I'm talking about just, you know, getting out of the house and getting into an environment where you can be around somebody who shares that same passion for whatever it is mm. that you want to do. Mm. And, and, and being around that can be really transformative. And, you know, in this day, day and age with COVID and all this isolation that we're experiencing, so many people work inside their homes. It's really great. It's really critical to just, even if you find like a yoga class or a mobility class or some kind of like, you know, that's why so many people do, I think do CrossFit is not necessarily because the CrossFit is, is that great for them as much as it is just being around other people? Well, you know, a lot of people say that CrossFit has like a cult-like mentality to yeah. it, you know, that people kind of really bond together over doing these exercises uh, and, 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 and it helps build community. Mm-hmm. And like we said in the, in, the, in the intro, bodybuilding often can be a very um, isolating kind of thing. If you're by yourself, you're, you know, you're working at the gym by yourself, you're cooking by yourself, you're sleeping by yourself. And so figuring out a way to incorporate like maybe a gym buddy, somebody to come work out with you, so you're not so lonely. They can inspire you. Maybe the day you don't want to go to the gym and they're like, hey, look, come on. You promised we were going to work out today. And they get you motivated and you go to the gym. Or maybe the two of you say, hey, listen, I'm not a very good cook. You're not a very good cook. Why don't we see if we can try and uh, meal prep together and share some of the responsibility and you take half the food home and I'll keep half of it here. I've heard a lot of our listeners actually do that. They do meal prep dates mm. with, with their fitness buddies or their workout buddies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is, you know, because, and that's the beginning of a beautiful romance. Because oh. the way to man's don't put stomach. Too much, don't put too much pressure on them, right? Yeah. The way to a man's stomach, honey, is the, the kitchen. Heart. The way to their heart. Abs are built in the kitchen and so are relationships. <laughs> uh, is it important to meet your heroes? They always say, don't meet your heroes. And I'm going to say, if your heroes are worth meeting, they're going to be a, amazing. Like, I met Eartha Kitt, you know? I just re- met Carter Kissick. Mm-hmm. And these people, like, they're just, there is something about them that is magical. It's like to seeing them just exist in a social space and see how beautifully and effortlessly they inspire others and, and energize others just with their kindness and their warmth. Mm-hmm. And their, you know, yeah, Eartha Kitt was a kind and warm person, ironically. <laughs> Even well, though she was, you know, don't the, mess with the, me. The thing is, you know? though, too, is yeah. like when you, when you, somebody you might idolize them on Instagram or something, uh, you know, you're getting a look at their life that's just, uh, 
a fraction of yeah. what their life is. So you don't know everything about them. So, you know, you might not like everything you, you like, but, you know, enjoy what the parts that you do like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, Who knows? Some I mean, yeah. of these guys might smell or they fart or they're just, you know, rude, but... Damn, they look good. I I was smelling some farts, and I was like, that smells like home cooking. <laughs> Scat queen. <laughs> no, it just, you know, there's some, some people just, their, their body smells good instinctually, you know, and you're just like, wow, this this person is even more charming and appealing in person than I even realized, you know? And it's also seeing their flaws, you know, and, and the, the part of them that, and loving them, and they loving you and accepting you, just as you are, you know, there is, there is, there it's, it's triggering for some people. And I noticed this, that like, we heard about one story about somebody who relapsed mm -hmm. when they were going to this expo. And I was like, of course this expo is like super intimidating for them. And so they, they had a relapse in their recovery. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to send to, I wish I could speak to them because they were a friend of a friend of ours, but anybody out there, it's like, if you're struggling with being on a new path, whether that's like, you know, dealing with recovery or changing your habits for the better, their setbacks are part of that process. And don't beat yourself up for it. Like understand more of what was it that caused you to get set back and then take steps to hopefully mitigate or prevent that from happening in the future. Cause you know, when you're lifting weights, you're going to get injured. You're, you will get injured. You will probably hurt your knee or your back or throw some muscle out. And then understanding on how you prevent that from happening is critical, you know? So in terms of like, you know, finding inspiration and energized is like, no, having those tools in your arsenal when they happen to you or somebody you care about is really helpful, mm. you know? And, and uh, these days, actually, uh, people are saying mm. that um, rice is not is overrated. Uh, rest, ice, compression, and elevation um, the most important thing you can do is just keep moving. Just to keep some, at it. Keeps moving. Mo mobility training mm -hmm. is, is well. The, the thing, thing too is like when yeah. you injure yourself, it's kind of you. It, you do learn from that because you're mm -hmm. like, I injured myself this way. What did I do wrong? How do? How can I learn from that? And that that smaller injury might actually be preventing a larger injury down the line because mm -hmm. you already had that, and so you now you are aware of what to look out for. Um, keep a journal. Uh, track it. Uh, you know, it's just, that's another thing that I've learned. And I, and uh, all the successful mm -hmm. people that I knew, they were all, they, they were like, they had a mint and they opened up their chronometer app or their, my fitness pal. Mm -hmm. And they wrote down well, one mint. That's, that, <laughs> that's the hot like, trend yeah. is the quantitative lifestyle. Quantify everything that's happening in your life, measure it because anecdotally you might think something is happening, but if you're not really measuring it, you don't really know for true, if that's true or not. Mm. You know, for example, Fausto like always thought, oh, I'm eating too many carbs, eating too many carbs. And then he went through his day and started documenting what he's eating. And he's just like, oh, I'm not getting enough carbs. Surprise enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was cause I'm the son of two diabetics. And so we've been like, mm -hmm. carbs are evil and mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, yeah. and myself yeah. too, you know, since I started using the fitness app, the workout app, I've just, you know, I've been, it's easier for me to document my workouts. And so I know what I'm doing and it's keeping me on the path and uh, I'm making uh, great strides. And, you know, I've worked out for a very, very long time, but I feel like in the past year is when I've made the most progress. I'm shocked. Honestly. Why? At the progress that you've made this past year. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so crazy that one app <laughs> and your approach to writing it down made such a big change. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, 
Are you are you aware of that? I'm change? aware of some of the changes. You know, my midsection is is lesser. Like my shoulders are getting uh, Honey, more capped. Daddy's my, getting hot at the body shop. My, my chest is looking better. I'm getting some abs coming through. I'm just like, yeah. you know, I'm still not where I'm at. I'm at like 18. percent Where would you fat. like to be? Well, I want to get uh, lower body fat. That's for sure. But the 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 changes that you've made, your strength gains, the type of exercises you're doing, that's all coming from the fact that you're sort of working. With to some degree with a coach, you mm. know, but this is a virtual coach with but an app. But it's the quantifying it. It's yeah. the measurement that's the important thing. And then the measuring also, it just keeps you focused and you can learn from it. And, and we it, don't get any money from mm. that app, uh, mm. but I, I recommend it to anybody that I, that I consult with. Is like find some kind of app that's going to give you some kind of workout that mm. you can write down because you're, and this happens to me every single week. I'm doing bicep curls. I'm like, I don't, I never, I'm not a person who did 35 pound bicep curls in my entire life. Right. Now that's, that's the weight. Yeah. That is the weight that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, every time I'm like it's the new normal, I can't believe that I'm a person who does mm -hmm. dumbbell bicep curls with 35 pounds. It, it was just out of, it, you know, and every week I'm like, well, this seems really heavy. And I look in, in the, my, what I lifted last six months and I'm like, okay, I can do you can this. Do it. Well, you know, we yeah. have a friend who's older at the gym, and I, I think he's late 60s, maybe early 70s, and he writes down everything he's done, and he only works out for like an hour a day. And, for you know, he's got a great – he's got a phenomenal physique. And yeah. I'm like, have you always written stuff down? He's just like, yeah. He's like, I have my notebooks from the 80s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, I would like to take a look at those. And so maybe we'll get him on the podcast and see what he was writing down in the 80s and how that stacks up today 40 years later no i've known that can i say his name uh, rick rick i've worked out with rick at gyms for over 20 years and he has the fountain of youth he's like a vampire he is not aged a day now he looks like a mature man who has muscle but it's like to me i'm just like really surprised and how youthful he has always been. Well, I think that's because of the the, yeah. the muscle. He's mm -hmm. when you when you lift things, you create stem cells when you and that puts your body under that kind of stress. And so I think his body is used to being rejuvenated. What I'm amazed at is that he can keep that body and only work out. Lit. He comes to the gym at like quarter to ten yeah, at night, and it closes at eleven. And, and it closes at eleven, and he gets that workout in in an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most days. Yeah. And I'm just like surprised. Like I'm there two hours. No, and, and most of those bodybuilders are two, two, three hour workouts mm. and stuff. And, you know, and, and, and they are finding things at the gym. Music mm. is a great thing. Um, they do intra workout meals. And maybe it's just, you know, having a little shake or a pear or a banana mm. or, you know, some protein of some kind. Or some of these guys actually make a little, some ground chicken and rice and eat it really quickly. And, and some of these bodybuilding gyms have a little microwave oven and an ear eating area where you can heat, heat things just because it's just keeping your yourself not feeling like you're just dying because you're starving to death. You got to keep that fuel going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, be around people who love what they do and focus not on what they're doing, but their experience of it. Mm. And that was like, to me, it was like watching Carter posing. He's just, in you know, instinctually such a... They don't, they don't teach that in his school, honey. He prowls, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like he, his posing was so beautiful. It's like, here's somebody who, you know, if he really wants that, 
path, that career, he could be the next generation of. Well, when you speak about like experience, it's it's about enjoying that kind of experience. And look at uh, Norway, uh, who's done very very well in the Winter Olympics, and they're like, why have they done so well? Well, first they have like universal health care, so people they have you know people have money, that kind of thing. They have the free time to do that kind of stuff, which a lot of Americans don't. But their their Olympic program focused on just letting people have fun with it. Have fun and you'll do well. And that's what they discovered because if you make everything a chore, if you make it seem like it's going to be like this impossible task or you make it seem like it's going to be work, you might want strive as well. But if you think to your mind, I'm going to go lift at the gym, I'm going to enjoy myself, I'm going to see some friends, I'm going to get my pump on, I'm that tension and I'm going to get that release then it becomes something you look forward to and it's something you really enjoy. And if you enjoy it, you're going to do well at it. In every job that must be done, there is an <laughs> element of fun. When you find a fun, then snap, mm-hmm. the job's a game. What? And every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake, a lark, a spree. It's pretty clear to see that a scoop full of de- highly chained dextrose Helps the workout go down in the most delightful way. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mary Bobbins. Mary, uh, Swoley Mary, Mary Muscle, muscle, Mary, muscle bo- Mary Bottoms. bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there is an element to that. It's like, yeah, you just have fun with it and yeah. you're going to enjoy it and you're going to like it and you're going to keep on coming back. You know, I think especially with Legs Day, everybody's always complaining about, oh, Legs Day, Legs Day. Yeah, it can be tiring. It can be whatever. But when you go in through it with an attitude that it's going to be drudgery, guess what? It's going to be drudgery. Whereas me, I'm just like, OK, it's Leg Day. Get through it. I know I can get through it. I've done it before. I can do it again. Shay uh, Manchaka, uh, our guest from last week, she had a really good point. It's like flexing is not just about like vanity. It's the least thing about vanity. It's about seeing and documenting with your camera and looking in a mirror at how the progress is going, but also about celebrating the art, the illusion really of, of being bigger than you are, more aesthetic than you are. Mm-hmm. But it actually stimulates growth, she said it as well. It stimulates growth. It also allows you to train that muscle more effectively mm-hmm. when you know how to flex it. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that, you know, because I sent some of my, um, you know, check-in photos to Shay. And she's like, you don't know how to uh, flex your quads. She's like, I can tell by the photos, you're, just, you're not flexing them. Mm. So you just got to learn how to flex it. And for me, I don't flex my quads as much because I've had kind of chronic knee mm-hmm. And lower back problems. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, you know, have a negative association mm-hmm. with my legs because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And so, so, so celebrating the things that you have accomplished by documenting them and sharing them with others so they can then, you know, you can inspire others and that inspires you in return. Well, and flexing it too is like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a process of learning how to do it. Like, let's say, for example, my chest is, you know, when you flex and I, it's one size, but then when I really think about it and I expand my chest and I, and I look and then I try and flex and I'm flexing and I'm like, wait a second, I can flex, even, I can get my chest even wider and bigger and then flex. And it's just like, I'm adding like literally like inches to how wide my chest is. It's just because during that flexing process, you you flare out, you get bigger, yeah. you get bigger. Whereas in, in the more you practice, the better you can do that. And I just feel like that's actually helped some growth there as well. Because it's like when I look at the whole size of it, it's getting bigger. So many people like they focus on the f- nutrition or the lifting or, uh, you know, this podcast, we're talking about the Arnold Sports Expo and inspiration. But, you know, you can take classes on mobility. You can take classes on posing. 
Mm -hmm. And even if you're not planning to do a competition, just practicing posing and bodybuilding poses can open up so many um, windows into new areas of growth, not just in building muscle, but in your life as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why going to the Arnold Sports Expo, if you have some unfinished work in your mind about loving yourself unconditionally or growing your body, it can be a really difficult place to be because you know, you're surrounded by these people who've sort of overcome those things or never had to deal with them in the first place. And so, so that's why it's like, it, it's important to listen to what, where you are as a person in your journey. And that's not going to be the same thing for everybody else. You know, it's, it's just because we're recommending something, it may not be the right answer for you. And so you really have to sort of like try new things. And that's why a play date, a new gym, a new food, a new experience, a new workout uh, can be so um, energizing just because it's just something new and your brain's like trying to make sense of it. And there was this like trend in the nineties that thankfully is all gone is where people were, um, they were almost like elephants in a circus. They were balancing on balls while they're doing dumbbell curls, you know, those like those Bozu balls, Bozu balls. Yeah. Or Bozu platforms mm -hmm. where the, it's like a half of a ball on a platform. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was like, this is so dangerous and so ridiculous. And it's like not making you more balanced. It's isn't it. I don't think so. Like, you know, cause I've, circus arts background. And it's like when you're training to be balanced and you're trying to do dumbbell curls, those are two separate tasks. And I find that it just, you know, it, you kind of, you're so distracted by both of them that you're not able to concentrate on either of them. Mm. And so I just find that that approach is not really useful. And I'm glad that a lot of people sort of moved away from, you know, trying to juggle plates while you're doing squats and you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. it feels like very much like a novelty act at a circus or a burlesque, burlesque mm. show. And, you know, and the last thing I want to leave people here in terms of finding inspiration is that tiny little changes can be so powerful. You know, I learned this one from Aaron Curtis actually, and uh, also the uh, workout dad, the power of plus one, one more rep, one more set, one more pound in your workout one more exercise, one little thing compounded over time can be enormous. Mm. And, 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 and if, it, if this like is something you carry into your job, into your, uh, uh, you know, work as a musician, as an entertainer somewhere mm -hmm. as a writer, those little tiny things can be huge in the changes they make in your life. Little incrementalism. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, I grew up Catholic and we, I went to a Catholic school that was run by the sisters of mercy, but then they had um, the sisters. They, there was another, uh, uh, I think they were the, Car were the Carmelites, another nuns, but they were cloistered and we would go and visit them sometimes. And what they does talk, cloister mean? Cloister meant they lived in the nunnery and they never went out. And so we would sometimes like talk to them behind a screen and every day they would get up in the morning with a teaspoon, go out into the courtyard and dig a hole where their grave would be. So every day they Jeez. dug part of their grave with a teaspoon. And it's kind of like, you know, I mean, it's kind of chilly, but it's also like keeps them connected to the earth, knows that they're from here and that that's where they're going back. You know, how gruesome. I know. But it, talk about incrementalism. I have to show her the cut on my finger. <laughs> That's nice, kid. Maria doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> uh, so in terms of the expo, mm -hmm. you know, for me, it was like uh, inspiring because we're face to face with so many cool things that we love to talk about. 
awesome people and, and also just meeting new people too, mm -hmm. like new experiences, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, hucksters too, or, or people who are like out to make a fast buck on people's desperation mm -hmm. for and building muscle. And some unusual products that people think like, I'm going to show this product off the expo. And I think my favorite one was definitely the taboo butt deodorant. And you're like, butt deodorant? It, it, it's not a spray. And the whole point of this thing. It's was, like a, deo like it a deodorant looks, stick. It looks like a deodorant stick. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, you wind it up and you put it on your, your butthole. At when it's clean, and then it's supposed to make it easier for your butt to be wiped clean if you don't have access to like a bidet. Like if toilet paper isn't going to be enough, you want that kind of barrier between your rectum, anus, and uh, the shit. I think you're supposed to put it on the toilet paper and then... Well, now you Wipe tell me. <laughs> You're not now supposed you to shove me. the stick up your butt. But we interviewed some of the people there, and we'll have a video up coming up soon. We got Carter Kissick in, in the video as well. And to me, it was just kind of like this guy, I guess, he came up with this idea like 20 years ago, and it was just like, life is short. I'm finally going to do it. And like he, two years ago, he'd introduced this product and has been taking it around and trying to sell it. I'm not sure how well it's going to do. I'm not sure. How, it was a demand. hard sell. You're having well, a lot of guys who are just like, you know, because some, some straight guys, they're like, Wiping your ass is gay. Oh, yeah. They don't want to touch their own butt. And I'm just like, dude, I don't want to smell your nasty ass, you know? So I guess the 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 product is trying to appeal to people who, like, want to touch their ass less. So they're, they're pre-wiping it to some degree, right, by putting that waxy stick on the toilet paper. And when they wipe their ass, it's leaving some of the residue. I don't know if it's a, it, that's going to be a, a, a sell for somebody who's already very anxious about their butt. Mm. And then somebody who wants to get their butt eaten or fucked or whatever, it, you know, I don't know if like, be like, it tastes like almond oil down yeah. there, <laughs> <laughs> but it's an interesting product. And you know, Hey, if you're a listener of the podcast um, and you get a t-shirt and you say, let's grow big together. Um, we'll, We'll stick one of those in there while supplies last. While supplies last. I don't, we'll mail it out to you. She gave me a bunch of them. I was just we like, got a box of it, yeah. right? And so I was just like, well, that's really nice of you. you know. So if you want to try out the taboo stick, don't shove it up your butt. Wipe it on the toilet paper and then wipe that on your I butt. I wish you had told me that before I used the stick on my butt. Yeah, because then you're leaving you know, trace amounts of fecal matter on the stick. Well, I did it on a clean butt. But still, no butt is that ever that clean. There's what always a little bit. Water? There's a little bit of. You know. I don't know about that. Um, what about um, pre-workouts? The 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 concept of a pre-workout and that the trend of that pre-workouts are going. So there's a lot of pre-workouts, and some of the, the the thing that kind of surprised me is there was a lot of them that were stimulant-free, so yeah. they didn't have any kind of like caffeine in it. I'm like, well, what's the point of a pre-workout if it doesn't have some kind of stimulant in it? Well, they're they're stimulating you in other ways by using Ooh, well, the term me. nootropics, oh. which is uh, basically vitamins or that stimulate your brain. Mm -hmm. And so in the old days, it was uh, St. John's wort, but now they're using things like citrulline and other other ingredients. And, you know, I, I got a, a, a tub of it, so I'll, I'll use some of it tonight and mm -hmm. tell you later on the show whether it was good or not, mm -hmm. you know. And, and so a lot of these uh, supplement companies are and you can ask for them, too, like because a lot of people are training late in the day and they, the, the caffeine interferes with your ability to sleep. Right. Yeah. I can't have caffeine yeah. after like four or five o'clock. Otherwise I'll just go to sleep where some nootropics actually help you sleep better. Mm -hmm. So not only do they energize you for the gym, but then afterwards they have a relaxing quality. Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of these uh, stimulants or, or um, supplements now they're putting into gummies because bodybuilders love gummies because it's got the gelatin in there. And what is it? The dextrose that helps feed the feed the cells. I don't find, you know, like if you're going to eat gummies for fitness, like to get, you know, glutamine or or uh, or um, what's the stuff that gives you the pump? I'm blanking out on it. Um, creatine. Creatine. I just find that like it's not going to be enough. You're not going to get five milligrams from a handful of gummies. You have to eat like half the bottle. Mm. Yeah. And, and I'm just like. Some people will. And some people will. But then it's like, what are you, are you buying like bottles and bottles of gummy bears that have small amounts of creatine? And you really want to have about five milligrams per serving? Mm. So I'm just like, it's it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, you know, like the gummy vitamins for kids, you know, it's for people who just are squeamish about taking actual mm -hmm. supplements. And so I saw, I saw everything being turned into a pre-workout gummy or, you know, some kind of stimulant gummy. And I was like, uh, you know, like I, we, we take um, marijuana gummies to sleep. And you know, when the, CBN. the CBN is very active. So like a quarter of a gummy is just enough of a high to, you know, lull you. you into sleep. Yeah. Whereas I, I find like, you know, the amount of uh, creatine or glutamine that you're going to have in a gummy is going to, you're going to need to have so much that it's going to taste weird mm. and it's not going to be a pleasurable experience. So just eat the Haribo, you know, German gummy, gummy bears and let the gut take the supplements another time. Mm. Another um, huckster stuff that I saw was uh, they were selling, you know, in the, in the eighties, my father had this, it was a pulsera de balance, a, 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 a bracelet that balances the chakras and energies in your body. Ooh. And there's always one for every generation. Mm -hmm. And I think our generation was copper bracelets. Yes. And this one is mylar bracelets. Ooh. And the mylar blocks electromagnetic frequencies from your watch and your phone. Radiation. Radiation, from your phone. yeah. Does your phone actually emit radiation? All electronic devices do emit electromagnetic radiation. I don't know if they have been documented or studied to interfere with your body's ability to lift mm. or to grow. And I don't think that's. In those, but they had this levels that was, is enough that was made out of mylar, as though mylar is some kind of like magical kind of thing. And you're like, mylar is just like plastic with metal coating on it. That's right. It's the yeah. same stuff that your coffee comes in mm -hmm. or your tea bags come in. And you're, I'm just kind of like, well, can I just make my own bracelet out of like the coffee liners, you know, or something? No. <laughs> you know, so the guy's like, you know, and he's doing that kind of circus sideshow thing where you st stick out your arm and he's trying to push it mm -hmm. down to see how strong you are. And then he t puts the bracelet on you and he's not pushing as hard. And he's like, see how much stronger you are. I'm like, dude, cause you're not pushing as hard. It was, yeah. it was just like total like snake oil. And then they had, you know, like, uh, you know, back the blue and Amer like the, 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 we call it the, um, the American flag with a blue stripe in it yeah. is the do it yourself rainbow flag. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. So the like blue, at blue lives matter yeah, nonsense, yeah. you know? Um, and so people like if you find, when you find one out in public, you just take uh, crayons and you fill out the rest of the colors. Oh, and you put them into like, in a red, rainbow. Yeah. Yellow. Oh, but it's just like, you know, so, so it's kind of like misspellings and spam. It's, it's, he's trying to take advantage of people who are not very smart or they're not, 
critical thinkers, right. you know, and then they're they're going to see the sign. Oh, I support police. Let me buy this this thing because exactly. that's supporting police, even though I know it's probably not going to do any good. Yeah, and it's like you know. And I'm like, well, at that point, just sell Lance Armstrong, you know, testicular cancel yellow bracelets. At least you're nobody likes him anymore because he's juicing. But, you know, he, at least it's going to a charity. You know, it's going to something good fighting cancer. Um, I also thought was interesting is the controversy over training the muscles in your neck. Now, my generation, we're taught not to do it because it would interfere with your snoring. Mm. But uh, talking to a lot of bodybuilders saying, you know what? That's just um, other things. Other things are causing you to snore. Training the muscles in your neck mm-hmm. to, to a certain degree is, is actually going to be really good for your posture. It's going to be good for your ability to breathe at mm-hmm. night. So actually, uh, it's okay to safely train your neck. And mm-hmm. the, a product that I s- discovered there was called Iron Neck. And it's almost like a hat that you attach to an elastic and you're twisting your neck like you're, you know, mm-hmm. like a, like a person saying no, 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 you know, or you're like uh, doing, um, you know, a, a backup dancer for uh, Patty LaBelle. <laughs> you just, uh, and, and so training your neck actually can be really helpful in just mm-hmm. building muscle. Well, as far as good. the story goes, one of the gentlemen we talked to who was demonstrating the product, he said, you know, if you have a bigger neck, it's not the question of whether it, uh, you're going to snore because of the muscle, but typically the people that snore, it's because they have a lot of uh, fatty tissue. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why they snore. And if they were, if they were leaner, the snoring wouldn't be as bad. And I've noticed for myself, since I've draw, lost weight, that my story has decreased a lot. Um, the flavor gang flavored cream of wheat. So you can get like mm-hmm. oatmeal cream of rice, cream of rice. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get oatmeal like that's flavored with apples and cinnamon mm-hmm. or blueberries and stuff. Now this pro this company called flavor gang also based out of Austin, Texas, they are uh, selling cream of rice cereal with flavoring in it. Like uh, what was the, they had a cream pie flavored, Uh, (laughs) like a vanilla i think so yeah Yeah. i mean they had chocolate flavored strawberry flavored and we interviewed the guy and we'll have a video up again like coming up soon and uh he's got an only fan so he was a little bit wild oh yeah he was very sexy i know sexy and muscular um he was really sexy he kind of very flirtatious got you a little bit i was i was you know i'm a big fan of cream of rice I grew, up, I, I grew up eating cream of wheat, cream of rice, uh, you know, oatmeal. My dad always had hot cereal for us because we had a big family. And so he always had something like that going for us in the morning. There was a bodybuilder in Chicago uh, who was the toast of the town uh, probably, you know, 20 years ago. Biff Boswell. Mm-hmm. He was uh, photographed and celebrated and openly gay bodybuilder. And he and his uh, new ro- husband, Robert Jeffrey also a bodybuilder, started a company called Buffery.us mm-hmm. where they make custom suits for bodybuilders so they don't look like, you know, apes <laughs> in gorilla suits, you know? Yeah, and so the ba- the fabric has some stretch, and what he said, the, the one of the important things is they tested a lot of different fabric is because bodybuilders typically have very large legs, and so the their crotch area, you know, there's no thigh gap. There's no give. Yeah. There's no give. And so what would happen, like the fabric would often pill and whatever. And this fabric, it doesn't pill, he says. And it won't tear. It's like, you know, I look at Faust's jeans and a lot of them have holes in the crotch just because the wear and tear. Yeah. And, and, and people are like, why is it there? And I was like, because and I don't think I have no that. thigh gap. I am no Carter Kissick, you know, when it comes to my thighs. But, you know, it's like you build any muscle on your thighs and suddenly it's like mm-hmm. your, your jeans in the middle in, in between just get worn out so mm. it's an interesting uh fashion company and and uh, 
You know, they're 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 gay owned, and you know, American made. Robert Jeffrey uh, brought some very probably the hottest booth babes. These mm-hmm. two guys that were there with them. And I was just like, damn, honey. They look good in their suits. That's Uh, for sure. We filmed that for sure. (laughs) Uh, DNA test for bodybuilders. This is a thing. uh, So you can find out whether your training style, the foods you're eating are well suited for your DNA. Mm -hmm. I don't know how scientific or accurate that would be. Now, they, they said that they use this. I think they use the same labs that 23andMe does for that. And I, I did a little bit of reading because I'm thinking about having it done. Uh, and they what they do is they look at the the workout habits of, of and the, uh, you know, some they do some kind of side of, of the athletes that have done this. And so they try and see, like, which one are you most closely alike? And could this help with your training? One of the guys we talked about, like, he said that my thing was I need to go into some kind of competition because my DNA results say I do better when I'm forced to compete for something. Otherwise, I'll, I won't have the motivation to work out. So I thought that was interesting. So it'd be interesting. That was about you or him? About him. Oh. About his own personal experience. I would say that's true for you too, actually. About competition? Yeah. I think it brings out the best in you. Like when you went on Alt for Norga, you were, you were a demon. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to bring the gold home, you know? And you almost did. I got close. And, you know, any times we've sort of been up for an award or, you know, people like... They come for us in a very big way mm-hmm. on social media. It's like it sort of awakens your vigor, your passion, your inspiration to try and to do the things that you want to do in your life. Well, you can't make them eat it unless you serve it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. For me, it's like it, it, it's interesting because I am very good with rice and beans and, you know, meats. But you're like very good with dairy. And for me, I'm just like, I can't, you know, like fried cheese. I'm like, that's it. My, my parents stomach. are from the Midwest. Yeah. You know, we were raised on milk and dairy. So, you know, maybe there is something to uh, do a DNA test. My only concern about it is, is that your privacy is up for grabs because your privacy is your DNA. Yeah. And so, you know, my fear is in the future, you would be denied um, coverage well, this from is- your health insurance provider mm. if they know that you knew that you were predisposition to diabetes later in it in mm. life. And so I'm concerned about these DNA tests causing people to be denied services that they should have access to. And, and there's really no way to, and that's part of the reason that they're making them so cheap. Well, isn't like my, per, isn't it my personal information? They don't know what they're, they're not allowed to give my personal information out to other people. Well, that's the thing. It's like the reason they're so cheap is because they're able to monetize that mm-hmm. DNA information, you know, and, and, and well, they so, sell it without, without like my name attached to it. I'm yeah, sure. But you know, I mean, are you going to trust these people? You know, that's they're, the thing. That's Mormons. my concern. What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It's uh, to me, I'm like, um, the thing about it is if your brother or sister or somebody in your family has already had a DNA yeah. test, which your DNA and your ha- sister has, then you might as well have given away. But your I think DNA. she got the cheap one, and she didn't do the one for muscle because she doesn't build muscle. Well, uh, let's get it done then. You know, if you feel comfortable with that. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that was just really great. Also, seeing like all the power lifters there and seeing them sort of getting ready for the competition, and then they bring them onto the stage to the powerlifting competition, and it was just like all these lights. And it was like a rock concert. And I'm just like, 
Man, when I'm at the gym, it's like if I'm distracted in any way, that that influences my lifts. Oh, you know? for sure. And these guys are having, you know, like whoop, whoop, and you know, like you know, rock concert lights, you know, like Beyonce smoke, fake mm-hmm. smoke coming out, and you're just like, how the hell are they doing all this stuff? And how do they even like practice to not be distracted by it? Uh, well, it's probably not their first competition if yeah. they've made it here. You'd have to qualify for something, so they're probably kind of used to it. And that's what you're up against, you know. Take it or leave it. Oh, there was a thing called uh, park, like parkour. There was like a advanced tag or chase. Yeah, what was that called? it was it was like parkour tag basically. So it was like you know multi platforms, different things, and you you had to be it, and then so you'd have to run from people and and stay away from them. It, 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 or see, tag them if you were it. And and I thought it was a, a something that was a lot of fun to see, but unfortunately mm-hmm. it was just so much there. Yes. It was so much there that Which, you really couldn't get it all. No. And they, you know, it was different nights. And uh, the, what was it? Thursday night, we went to the meet and greet and we got to meet some of the world's most famous. This is the question. Famous bodybuilders in the world. And you got to out- take photos with them and out angle them. Who was the one who was mad at you? You were out big at- Rami, big Rami, which is like, so I, big Rami's, you know, the, the lines there pretty long actually to meet big Rami. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I was like, hey, it's a tradition whenever you're with a big guy, you know, to out angle him. And he's like, what? And and so I start flexing and you were like a pro. You just because you started out with both of us equidistant mm-hmm. to the camera lens and then you quickly move. So, so I'm closer to so the your camera. arm looks bigger. So my arm looks bigger. And he's like, right. He's like, hey, <laughs> he did not like that. He's like, you're cheating. I was like, it's a tradition. And so I went, we did the same thing with um, Ramon uh, Rocha Queiroz. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his name. Uh, from Brazil. He's, he's the one, he, Chris Bumstead is in his way from being the world's top classic physique bodybuilder. Mm. Phenomenal body. Super nice guy. Great sense of humor. And I got, went up to him and I said, hey, with the help of a translator. Because he speaks Portuguese. Portuguese, yeah. And, um, and I said, hey. Who started the tradition of you and Chris Bumstead grabbing each other's butts? Because it's all over the internet. And he got he smiled, he said, giggled. I, that was me. That was me. <laughs> I said, Ramon, you are doing the Lord's work. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, his translator was laughing about it. Everybody was laughing. We had a good time with that. Yeah. So I, I was really impressed. Just how warm and sweet he was. Mm. You know. I mean, this is you this is somebody ha- who should ask him to grab your ass. I know I should have, but I was. I, you were intimidated. I, well, I was like, listen, I'm, I don't want to get kicked out. You no. know what I'm saying? I was like, grab my ass. Ooh, I'm a little gassy. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Chipotle today. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, so that was really fun. And, 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 you know, the line for Ramon wasn't very long. Like, it was like maybe six people, you know? Well, you know, Americans are afraid of people who don't speak English. They are. It's so stupid. I know. And this is like, this is the guy, the line for Chris Bumstead was three, two hours long. And that was a $50 fee. The, $50 the just we to, to me. Yeah. It was part of the, the yeah. ticket and stuff. Yeah. But it's like the the line to see Chris Bumstead was ridiculously long. We well, a like, champion. But I, I'm champion. like, I can't imagine. It's, I'm like thinking, I'm like, because we've seen, we've gone to comic book conventions. We've seen the, meet, the line to meet RuPaul at DragCon was about the same. Like just... Every kind of person of walk of life mm-hmm. wants to meet RuPaul and wants to meet Chris Bumstead. I don't know that many other people that do that kind of thing, 
Like if you had maybe Madonna, you know, or somebody like they're the Madonna of their industry to some degree. And and so it was really interesting talking to the people. I'm like, are you in line for Chris Bumstead? And like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, when I was thinking, it was like we saw um, uh, Nick Rumsford and a lot of these other bodybuilders. They're just sitting there and they're Nick just Walker, like yeah. Nick Walker. Sorry. Um and uh, well, some of them were having a contest, you know, yeah. so it's like yeah. they're, they're all covered up because they're cold mm -hmm. because they don't have any body fat. Right. And right. so, and, you know, and I think Nick was mostly sitting out. He's probably tired because, you know, it probably takes a lot of energy to carry that body around. Mm -hmm. And when you're competing, I think it was like two days later. Right. Right. So, he's, you know, you got to be exhausted and getting dehydrated at that point in time. So, you know, um, it was, it was, uh, interesting to see all these legends, you know, these are people that are like, they're, they're the cutting edge. They, a lot of them looked damn good, honey, but some of them were just tired of just interacting with all these people mm -hmm. and we were. And so when we got back to Chicago, Mark and I just slept the entire day. Yeah. Cause we drove to Columbus and then drove back and, you know, was doing the Arnold and was going to the gym, working out and then spending time with people, seeing people hanging out. And so my, my brother and swole, uh, um, Carter Kissick, like I got up and I texted him a photo that we took together and he's like, this is the best thing that happened to me today. It was like, it was so great. And I said, what you been doing today? He's like, I've been sleeping the whole day. So I was like, I was glad that like, we were not just the only yeah. ones that were. And you're twice his age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old enough to be your daddy Aww. in all senses of the word. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was just like, it was really exhausting, but really energizing. And uh, definitely will 10 out of 10, definitely do it again. Check it out. You can go to arnoldsports.com and uh, read more about the festival. And uh, definitely, uh, if you're planning on going next year, let us know. And keep an eye out on our YouTube page and our social medias because we'll share some of the videos that we took um, coming up over the next few days. We'll yeah, share. yeah. You can follow me on Instagram, mm -hmm. Fausto Fernos. And I'm Mark Filion, M-A-R-C-F-E-L-I-O-N. With a C for, because it's French. Mm. Mark with a C. And um, and so, yeah, and I'll, I'll post up clips and stuff of that of us talking about um, anal hygiene with Carter Kissick. <laughs> And you can see, you know, it. he had such a good sense of humor about it. Like I was oh, like, without a doubt. leave your body, Carter, leave your body. No, <laughs> he was like, I'll try anything once. Oh. And I was like, oh, really? Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> Some things we just couldn't film. You just have to leave your, <laughs> to your imagination. But we had a wonderful collaborative experience with Carter. And you can see that on our OnlyFans. <laughs> just kidding. There's no OnlyFans. It's just Instagram. Yeah. Just yet. So it was great. It was good to meet all those people, you know? Meet and greet. Meet and greet. I was like, I got to tell you, honey, it was, it was, it was wipe me out. But I'm ready to lift big and get big and get that sword. Let's get to the gym. Let's get to the gym. I want to remind folks we can't do this podcast without your support. So if you're not a Plus member yet, sign up at feastoffun.com. Let's grow big to, uh, slash plus because Let's Grow Big Together is a production of Feast of Fun. And you can get our uh, podcast ad-free at feastoffun.com slash plus or at Patreon, patreon.com slash feastoffun. And, you know, remember the power of plus one. It's just like something so simple can change your world. And shout-outs to Joe, John, from Canada, from, from upstate New York, from Arizona, Austin and Ricky, and all the uh, wonderful people that listened to the show that uh, came up to us and said hello. Mm. It was really great to meet you all. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.